You're listening to another episode of the Zag, an emergency episode, a emergency pod with Wade Dean, our music expert here. There's so much music happenings. We've never had a repeat guest before, but Wade is the perfect candidate. So let's get to it. All right, Wade, remind everyone why you're the NLC music expert. What do you do for a living? Currently, I am uh, writing my dissertation and getting my PhD at UCLA within the Department of Musicology. And I am exploring the interplay between Black popular music and Black social life. Yeah. So did you call Donald Glover? Did you call Kanye and say, hey, look, I'm struggling to put some words on my thesis together. Can you can you do some crazy stuff? Like, How did all this come to be? I have no desire to talk to Kanye. And if he like... <laughs> I have actually tweeted at him a couple of times, and I'm grateful that he never tweeted back or retweeted me. So, uh, and Donald Glover, you know what? I would just love to, like, I love to go to, like, Popeye's Chicken and just have a conversation with that dude just to pick his brain. All right. Well, so let's, let's start with Mr. Glover then. So when you saw his recent music video, what were your first thoughts? Uh, it was a whole – I know I can't curse. I can't say that. It was a lot of stuff. And I really held back in coming to a conclusion, but I was taken aback. And uh, I was taken aback because I was compelled by it. I wasn't uh, turned off like uh, I know some people have, but I knew it was it was doing a lot episodically, uh, and I needed to really take time to really digest it and watch it. I mean, I watched it several times so I could really take in what was John Glover trying to address, respond to, critique, uh, all those things. So were your eyes at first drawn to the depictions of violence, to the dancing, to other visual images in it? What was the first thing that caught your eye? Uh, man, uh, that's the thing, because it, it hits you so fast, right? It goes from dancing to the violence, to the mayhem, to the chaos, to the joy, and not even like a sequential way, but it all happens on top of one another. So it's hard for me to say well, what I noticed first. I, I honestly just, it just all hits you in the face. It's almost like somebody punches you in the teeth with this imagery and then asks you to step back up and say, okay, now who hits you? So when you think about your classes and the students who teach, any reactions, any surprises from how they viewed the video compared to yours? Uh, yeah, because I, I, you know, I talked about it. Uh, I gave a guest lecture about this very thing last week, and it was funny how everybody was looking at the imagery. Some people hadn't seen it, but they had already heard about it. So the you know the viral nature of that video, I think it achieved its purpose. But it was interesting how this discussion of race was being enacted within this classroom. I mean, th this classroom was... I think there was only one person of color. Uh, everybody else was from west of the Mississippi. So really understanding, for instance, I think the choir scene that everybody's connecting with uh, Mother Manuel in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, not quite knowing the visceral nature of that episode and black, uh, and and not only in black life but also in American life. So I was really excited about those their their descriptions and their analyses, but also like was wondering, well, I wonder what would happen if there was additional people of color here who are directly affected by this. So would you want Donald Glover to ever explain exactly what he was going for in something like this, or do you want it to stay open to interpretation? I want him to stay, like, keep it open. You know, I don't mm. think, you know, I think about some of the more provocative people who, provocative creatives uh, within the past, what, uh, 
two or three generations, like Basquiat comes to mind. I don't think Basquiat ever had like, you know, a sit down where he was trying to say what he was trying to achieve with a lot of his work or even uh, even pre Kanye, pre Kanye, when I say pre Kanye, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> college dropout of late registration, a lot of the th- more provocative things he was doing. I don't think. Granted, he always liked to say I was the greatest, but he never went into the, the the details of what he was trying to achieve. He left it up to people to really dig into it and and enact their own meaning from these particular cultural products. So then, because you know the context of, of so many different artists and, and so many inspirations that they're drawing on, what do you feel like current artists are going to do in response to something like this from Mr. Donald Glover? Uh, I mean, I think... People already like not even responding to what Glover's doing, but participating in this conversation about black life within, I guess, the Trump era Uh, and even the years prior to the Trump era. Uh, Because, like I said, Mother Manuel happened before Trump was elected. Trayvon uh, happened before Trump was elected. All these episodes within black life have been happening uh, for what? Since we get off the boat. So you hear like someone like Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar really talking about this in a very visceral way, but he's enacting this through the lens of Compton. You hear like, you know, you hear like Jay-Z in an interview with uh, David Letterman talking about this, right? And, uh, you know, not even having like the background of uh, of hip hop behind him in a musical way, but hip hop being enacted through the description in that interview. You also like, I mean, for I can go in, but uh, to Baychella, right? Baychella was like a bold statement of black life in this space that has never seen such uh, a pronounced performance of, of, in this particular case, HBCU culture, right? It was, I mean, so you see it happening. You see this conversation happening. And I only see it becoming more and more dense and more and more rich. It's a good sign. This conversation will continue to be rich and dense when we come back after the break. We're talking to Wade Dean. He's given us some insights in this emergency pod episode of The Zag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. So what about Kanye makes you the most upset right now? I don't know if I'm upset by Kanye. It's almost like, you know when you were a kid and you just did something you knew you weren't supposed to do that you knew you were better than like, you know, and your mom would like, look at you like, I'm disappointed and just walk away. And like, she didn't have to raise her voice, but that thing stuck with you. That's how I feel about Kanye. Like, I mean, we knew Kanye for lack of a better word. I know I'm not supposed to curse, but I got to say it because he's called himself this. Kanye is an asshole. We knew that we accepted that, but he had, he he enacted a level of musical creativity and 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 and, and brilliance that you could not des- deny, right? Uh, there's a certain level of intelligence when it comes to musical production that Kanye continued to produce all the way up to, I guess, uh, this album that he's yet to put out. But that said, it's hard to now in this era separate Kanye's actions, specifically his social media actions, from that music. So I'm just disappointed. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Was there anything about the conversation about Kanye that you found interesting? Because, you know, it was such a, a a viral moment, whether it was the TMZ stuff or his tweets. So there were so many conversations and so many think pieces and so many this and that. Was there any particular person who stood out to you in terms of point raised? Or were there any different different kinds of conversations that you found interesting about 
the episode of Kanye itself as opposed to like just him and what he's saying? Oh man, like I mean that TMZ interview, and I, I I'm drawing a blank right now, but that brother who stood up and checked him, right? Uh, and I feel like he wasn't necessarily checking Kanye, but he was checking this particular social political uh, uh, climate that we're in right now, and he was speaking for a lot of Black folk, right? Uh, for me, that that gave me a level of excitement, a level of reassurement that I'm not crazy, that this is not the twilight zone. Uh, because I mean, I, I knew that Kanye wasn't going to like be receiving that. I mean, even when I think back to your earlier question, like how did I feel about Kanye? I mean, I'm going to amend that. I don't even feel disappointed. I actually feel like, well, shoot, he's been telling us this all the time. I think Kanye has been enacting his narcissism through college dropout, late registration, 808 heartbreak, these various modes of blackness uh, and black personhood. We're now seeing him enact his narcissism through a mode of black conservatism uh, in the same way that we have seen historically with like, let's say Booker T. Washington uh, or Thomas Sowell, a lot of black, uh, black conservatives turn to him as an intellectual figure. And even like he said, like, I like how Candace Owens thinks. So it's like, oh, well, shoot, you've been telling us who you are for the longest. I should have followed my Angela's lead and believed you. So if one of your students say they're what, maybe 20, 21 in your class says, I don't want to listen to Kanye based on what I've seen in the last two, three weeks. What would you say to that? I would, you know, I can't tell her like, you know, you know, you should, you should reconsider. I mean, everybody makes the choice that they wanted to make, but I would direct to some people who are really going to like just excite them in the way that I'm sure that Kanye excited them as well. Right. I mean, there's so many people out there who are like just killing it. I mean, we, I know we said K dot, I know uh, J. Cole just put out a project that's absolutely amazing uh, within the R&B realm. There's P.J. Morton. He just put out an album that's called Gumbo. There's so many people like within the whole spectrum of Black popular music, right, or even Black vernacular music that can excite you in a way that Kanye does. Even if you want to listen to a female lyricist, Rhapsody, Layla's Wisdom will change your life. You know, there's so many people out here. I think the girl that checked Kanye on Twitter, her name is, uh, I think her name is uh, uh, Chica, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she is dope and she's not even signed, but she's killing it. Like, I would just say, listen, you can get that whole, the, the, the aesthetic of your Kanye fix through other voices. Nice. Listen, one of our favorite voices is yours, Mr. Dean. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. And thanks for listening to this emergency episode of The Zag. You can find all past episodes on the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it. More episodes coming later this week. Stay tuned.